This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins a national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Bob Holt is one of the best, a nominee for the uh, NSMA Sports uh, sports writer of the year in the state of Arkansas. He's won that award numerous times. And he joins us on halftime here on a Thursday morning. What's up, Bob? Hey, how you guys doing? Phil, is he the Tom Brady? Is he selfish? Bob, are you are you just, just winning the award every every year? Let somebody else win. Uh, I've I won it a few times. We have lots of good... Uh, Tom Murphy's won it. Scotty Bordelin's won it. And Andrew Hutchinson. And Wally Hall. Oh, Wally won it like a million times. And then I think he probably just said, you don't need to give it to me anymore. Over Henry won it a lot. Jim Bailey. So it's a, yeah, it's definitely nice to win it. But uh, a lot of people won it a lot more times than I have. I enjoyed a little bit of your back and forth with Musk yesterday during the press conference. You ask a simple question about, you know, any added significance for OU joining the SEC with this game on on Saturday, and must have had to basically get you to stop him from talking because he said, "I don't really care about that." I, I mean, I don't think it's a matter of I don't care that OU is joining the SEC. It's just it doesn't have any bearing on Saturday. It's just interesting when the coach says, "You got to cut me off now." Yeah, it, well, it's just kind of interesting from a historical standpoint because I. I I'm not sure how many times Arkansas know you've played. I should have looked it up. They've probably played, I don't know, 20-something times over the years, maybe more than that. And it's been a pretty good series, a good regional series. And this is going to be the last time they play as non-conference teams. It's kind of like the A&M uh, Arkansas football series. You know, that that was a non-conference series. Of course, those were old Southwest Conference rivals. Um, but it just seems like teams keep coming into the SEC, so Arkansas has to stop playing them in non-conference. Whether it's OU in basketball or uh, A&M in football, of course, they're still playing. They can't play them in non-conference games. So, um, but yeah, I think it's been a cool series. You know, Eric pointed out that, that it was uh, uh, him, himself and Lon Kruger. He coached with Lon Kruger with, in the NBA at, in Atlanta as an assistant. And then they got the idea, I guess, to do this series. And then Lon Kruger retired and Porter Mosher, the old UALR and, and Chicago Loyola coach, took over. But the series continued. But actually, that was more about the administration. But I think it's a good neutral site game. I mean, it's in a, a perfect spot, you know, right? Really, I don't know if it's exact, but it's pretty close to the same distance from Norman and uh, and uh, Fayetteville. And of course, Arkansas. I know you both have a lot of fans in Tulsa, and so I think it's been a cool series. And they're going to continue to play, but it'll be home and home. And I don't know who's going to play who where next season. But it, you know, the first game OU. Blew Arkansas out, and Eric got people remember that Eric was pretty hot and got two texts and got ejected late in the game. The last year, Arkansas put it on OU pretty good, and and uh, so this will be the rubber match here. Bob, yeah, if Brazil's a little banged up, I mean, a Brazil on one foot still still is a lot better than a lot of players on on with both feet. But if if Brazil can't go, who who are you looking to step up and kind of get those minutes? Well, yeah, you hope he can play, but I think they're going to be smart with him and. It's a, it's a big game. It'd be a big game for Arkansas to win because OU is undefeated and they're ranked and it's a neutral site and it would really, you know, if they beat OU, it's going to look pretty good in March, you know, based on the way OU's playing. But if Trevin's not really ready, they don't want to risk him going out there and maybe make it, it worse. But, you know, we, we saw Jalen Graham uh, play some minutes the other night. He's had back issues and been in and out of the lineup and he looked kind of winded the other night, which is to me is, to, I'm talking about Jalen Graham which is totally understandable because he's missed a lot of practices and a lot of games. But if he's coming around, that would be a guy inside. He's obviously a different player than Trevin. Trevin's a guy that's, you know, knocking down threes. Um, and he's rebounding really well, especially on the offensive end. But that's tough to do if your ankle isn't feeling good. So, but Jalen Graham's a guy I can see if, he, if his back's okay, you know, picking up some minutes, um, certainly helping him be rebounding and, and on rim protection and, and scoring more inside, you know, scoring maybe in different ways. He's a, he's a guy I could see. Um, maybe now that, that come on, Mark's healthy, and he, he got some good minutes. Maybe you play, you know, you go to smaller lineups more where you're, um, you know, some games L. Ellis has played a lot. You know, he didn't play a lot the other night. He's a very significant guy against Duke, but maybe you play 
your your guards more, whether that means more minutes for for Layden Blocker. You know, Bay Falls a young guy who's got you know a huge ceiling at McDowell's All American, but he's still pretty raw, especially on the offensive end. But he's another guy that's a good rim protector and a good rebounder, certainly with his size and length. So maybe maybe Jalen Graham and a Bay Fall are guys, and and maybe they they go maybe they play some more four guard lineups with as deep as their backcourt is. Well, I, I think I, maybe I've I've start I've looked at this game a little bit too much on on the challenge that Oklahoma presents to the Razorbacks. This is a really difficult team to defend. I'm talking Arkansas. I mean, they're they're they can score on you in a lot of ways. I mean, they've become a much better three point shooting team. They've gone 17 for 41 over the last couple of games. You know, shooting at 35 percent from long range, get to the foul line a lot. They can get to the rim. You know, I wonder about the interior scoring at times but i you know i mean oklahoma's faced a couple of good teams southern california providence iowa but uh, this is this this is as much of a challenge for ou to slow arkansas down is as it is for the razorbacks to try to you know find a way to i think you might need something like 78 to win this game and they haven't won a game when scoring only one game when scoring on under 80 so far yeah i do think it'll be pretty up and down people gotta you know got the first time I really got to see OU play was uh, the other night against Providence. Was that Tuesday night? I think it was Tuesday night. Today's Tuesday. Thursday. I think it was. Yeah, and it was a pretty much a back and forth game. And uh, just selfishly, I wanted OU to win because I thought that would make this a bigger game Saturday and and hype it up a little bit more. And, but they were kind of going back and forth with Providence till early in the second half, and then uh, OU just put it on them. Um, I don't know if anybody else got to watch that game, and sometimes it's hard to tell on TV. But they, they were playing; it was a home game for OU, playing at Lloyd Noble Center. And man, the atmosphere just seemed pretty dead for playing. You know, a, a Big East team like Providence. That's got, I mean, I, I think if Providence came in here, I don't know if it'd be like playing Duke. You know, well, it wouldn't be. And Providence has actually played in in uh, Fayetteville before. But I just thought the atmosphere was a little dead. But um, but OU looked good. They, they seem like they have a real good mid-range game. They shoot threes pretty good. You know, they've, they've got some guys back, but they've also hit the portal pretty hard. And this is a big year for Porter Mosier because, you know, he, OU, uh, we think OU in, in football, but they've, got it, but they've had very successful basketball teams with, with Billy Tubbs and Lon Kruger. And, and uh, you know, they've gone to Final Fours. Kelvin Sampson, before he ran into issues there, had a really good run. And but the last two years, they have um, Porter Moser's first two seasons, they did not make the NCAA tournament. So you know, I don't think OU hired him or anybody to not go to the NCAA tournament for three years. So this is a big year for OU, and they were picked low. And this is the coaches, not the media. So the coaches can be just as dumb as the media sometimes when it comes to preseason polls. And they picked OU twelfth, and I think BYU thirteenth, one of the newcomers. And, of course, those teams are both undefeated and ranked now, and we'll see what happens as they get into conference play and play tough you know, games like Arkansas. But, um, you know, OU's got a pretty nice team, and I'm sure they're really hungry and very motivated. You know, and this is a huge game for them, but um, it's a good game for both teams on a neutral floor. But I, my thought is, being at the games the last two years, there's been OU fans there, but it's been an Arkansas crowd. You know, I think Arkansas fans – I don't know if it feels like a home game, but it definitely feels like you know an Arkansas crowd, a bit of a home court advantage for him. Bob, I, I do want to ask you a football question. We we had a change with the offensive line coach, new coach come in. I didn't know if you've had a chance to sit down and talk with them, but we all know that's a that's that's something that we're going to try to make a strength this year. That was kind of a weakness. What what, what are your thoughts on the new offensive line hire? Well, I haven't. No uh, one, Mike, you said just sit down. Maybe as media, we, we have not talked to Eric Mateos yet. He's. Uh, yeah, I think he's a good hire. Yeah, I don't think Cody Kennedy was a horrible coach. You know, he uh, the, the Arkansas had some good offensive line play in previous years, but this year it just didn't happen. And so I think any time a position struggles to that extent, it's probably good for everybody to make a change. But, you know, I don't think Mississippi State would have hired Cody if, if they thought, you know, he was a bad coach. Obviously they wouldn't have. And, of course, he'd work with Kendall Bryles at Arkansas and Kendall Bryles with Jeff Levy's brother-in-law, the new Mississippi State coach. So maybe uh, it was just best for Cody to get a change of scenery, but maybe better for the players who are coming back. And Eric's a guy that, you know, is close to Sam as well. He was a GA here under Sam. And when Sam took the Georgia job, 
after the 2015 regular season, Brett Bielema uh, promoted Eric to uh, not to be the offensive line coach, but to serve in that role for the bowl game. And they had a good game against Kansas State. And then Eric uh, went off and started his career. I think he went to LSU actually as a GA, and then he, I, but he's moved up. But he's been the old line coach at, at BYU and Baylor, and I think he's you know had good offensive lines. He's recruited pretty well. He's a guy that um, you know I think understands Arkansas and, and kind of what you have to do at Arkansas and the SEC to be successful. He helped Baylor win a, a Big Twelve championship. I know Baylor had a rough year this year, had a rough couple of years, but still you know. Not easy to win a conference championship at Baylor, and they went to Sugar Bowl and beat Ole Miss pretty good. So, I, I think he's a good hire, and uh, you know he fits in with some of the positive stuff happening here in the off season. Bob, let's uh, let's wrap up on on a, on a kind of a thirty thousand foot view on on college sports right now with Charlie Baker's proposal that came out two days ago. You've you've covered college sports a long time. How jarring was it? for you to finally see the actual person that leads the NCAA to advocate for direct payment of players. And why is it 10 years late? Well, yeah, it was surprising, I guess, but I'll, I'll give him credit. I mean, you can argue, you, you can debate the merits of it and how it's ruining amateur sports. And, but I think, you know, you talk about the, the view from 30,000 feet or maybe the view, if you got your head in the sand, right? If you got your, Ted 30 feet below the ground or, or whatever, 10 feet below the ground. But um, I think, you know, it, it's a kind of a change of pace for the NCAA because instead of reacting to a lawsuit or threat of a lawsuit or threat of unionization or something, they're, they're trying to be proactive and kind of get out ahead of this a little bit and just see the reality of what's going on in college sports where it's probably never been, you know, there's always been haves and have-nots, but it's, the gap is growing. And, it, and I think you just, have to accept that it's going to keep growing and you need to the, the big schools are getting more and more like pro athletics and that's just kind of the, the way it's headed and so um you know you feel bad for some of the mid-majors and the smaller schools because it's just going to increase the gap but i also think if something's not done you're going to have more lawsuits you're going to have schools maybe you know pulling out of the ncaa and, and one thing the ncaa does really well i think is run events uh, whether it's the NCAA basketball tournament or the College World Series or these type of things. So I think there's still a place in modern college sports for the NCAA and colleges to coexist, but changes have to be made, and I think this is probably a step, step in that direction. Celebrate the magic of Christmas at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in the historic Venetian Dining Room this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., your Christmas dinner includes a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required must have a credit card to hold reservation. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com dining for reservations and complete menu items you're listening to the east side liquor halftime podcast dave and his team have all your holiday drink options that includes fireball and bailey's chocolate jack daniels crown salted caramel winter seasonal beers eggnogs and more come by east side liquor 9390 rogers avenue in fort smith now back to the podcast all right i'm going to institute a tp tax for the remainder of the show since we're not working tomorrow and we're just eating and drinking at All-American Steakhouse and Sports Theater in Springdale with the rest of the ESPN Arkansas crew. They have to work. We do not. Uh, what do you say? $25 per TP? And TP does not mean toilet paper in this case. It means the other thing that everybody's sick of talking about in college sports. But it is sort of the thing that <laughs> you can't help but you have to bring up. Yeah. I mean, we can change it to the warp zone. We can uh, totally uh, just give it a totally different name. I dig it. Yeah. You, you you tried to give it a totally different well, name the other day, and then it just popped out, the regular terminology. I wasn't... Uh, it takes I, a while to reprogram your I, brain. Yeah, I didn't have a plan. You know, if you don't have a plan, plan to fail. It took... You know, I won't ever say the words foul pole during a baseball broadcast. I just won't, because it took me some time. I have successfully reprogrammed how come, myself. How come all the... The, the fair poles are, are yellow, but all the stripes are white, you know, when on the field. Why wouldn't they make those the same color? You, you're, I, at, you're asking, you're the you're asking very important questions. Oh, I, you know, I don't know. Well, I'll give you an answer. I think an answer. 
because you see the yellow stripe on the top of the home run. So fence. that's where it's going there. Too, it's just that. to signify. It's just an extension of the home run stripe. It makes sense. I'll, I'll go with that one. It's a double extension. Every fair pole is a double extension of the of the fair line and the home run stripe. And you got to have the you know the the hangover the but whatever the um, the look is the what, what, I don't know what it would be called. Oh, you mean the uh, like the cheese the ba- grater almost the basket? Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be there. You're on the, the side thing of that the catches the home runs like yeah, they have well, at Wrigley Field. The basket as well. That keeps fit. You know the only reason that they have the home run basket at Wrigley is to keep fans from jumping onto the field. I think there was a story Safety. of a, of a drunk reasons. that just fell over the fence onto the onto the warning track. Well, it's not to catch the home runs. It's to catch the human beings. I thought that's the only way Harry Carey called the game. You know, shirt shirt off, beer in hand. They would have let Harry do whatever he, he did. Wants. But he ran that. He ran that place. Dan says the baseball is white. Have to have some contrast. But, Dan, the baseball is not really white. The baseball has mud rubbed all over it. Kind of so an earthy feel yeah. to it. With the, yeah. Got a little bit of that of that kind of skin color, yeah. a little bit yeah. of it. Too. Is it taupe? Is that, would that be the color? No. That's a good one. I don't yeah. know. T-A-U-P-E. There was uh, the Spurs, Tottenham Spurs came out there with their, their earthy. It was that earthy just jersey they had. And it's their third or their alternate kit that they, they have. And Liverpool had this weird purple on yesterday. But, yeah. So. Earthy is usually not um, a word thrown out as a compliment. For a, for a color, yeah. yeah anytime yeah. you hear about an earthy flavor, you think you're basically you're eating dirt. I don't know. Earthy get, colors, though. I mean, I can, you get I can some, deal with uh, an earthy color. You get some mushroom broth in there, something that's got a little earthy taste oh, to that's it. That's true. I had some mushrooms the other day. Cut them up, made a sauce out of them. Oh. Had to wash the dirt off first. Dude, that, that you got that, uh, I got this Amy's Organic, this uh, t- tomato chunky bisque, and then I get that Guerrero cheese. You're getting me talking on cheese. You had it. You had me yesterday had, with the thing. Yeah, I had, I had the grilled cheese and tomato soup yesterday. Yeah, I had to do it. There yeah. was no way I wasn't going to do that. It had to happen. It had a, it had it had a heavenly flavor, the opposite of earthiness. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like candy. It's sweet, man. It's uh, oof, I love it. I love this stat. This was from the the press conference with Musk yesterday, and credit to Scotty Bordelon for this one. Caleb Battle in the last four seasons has played fifty four games. He has scored twenty points or more in twenty seven of them. That's half of the games he's played in the last. In, in these last four seasons. Now, he's been injured, so he hasn't played as often as you would expect. But that's to be going on a 50% rate of 20-point games, and he's doing it mostly off the bench, too. Well, he's a bona fide scorer. That's that's just uh, that, that, that's what what it is. He's a very natural, explosive athlete. You almost got to rein him in a little bit. Like, he's man, he can really go. He, he can get to the free throw line. Uh, explosive that knows how knows how to get his shot off, and and the, to be honest with you, Phil, I I don't know that he takes a lot of bad shots. You know, like there there might be a shot here and there you 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 think of, about it, but ninety percent of his shots, you're like, yeah, that's a good shot. You, but the, the, where, where he's a little different is he's upside down in the assist to turnover. And I think that's what you're getting at. He he's not a passer. He's he's a he's a bona fide scorer in, in every way. He 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 knows how to score the ball. He he's a willing he 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 can pass, but no, he's uh but but that that's being said, that's what I mean. He doesn't take a lot of bad shots. So I mean there's going to be a lot of pressure on the rest of the team now to figure out and I'm uh, this is just and he acting, hits his free throws. Well, that's got to be important. That's yep. the other aspect, too. I mean, you brought it up earlier, I think off the air, that you would question whether or not putting the ball in his hands. Late in the game. Late in the game. But the guy makes his free throws. Not the, you don't, I don't want him the first pass in the corner. Yeah. You know, you want him the second pass, the outlet pass, that when you can get it to him, then he gets fouled. But the very first pass out of the break. He got he, trapped a few times the other night. I wanted to go to Devo. I wanted to go to Blocker. Uh, you want it to go to L. Ellis, really? L. L's our best ball handler, I think. So if it gets late in the game, Hillman De- Debo's a, a good decision maker. So so you have that, but those would be the guys that you would want getting the ball first. Well, Mark is still the team's leading scorer, but it feels- and him as well. He can knock free throws down too. But where is their pressure added points wise if Trevin Brazil does not play? Like you're not going to get another 19 point game from Chandler Lawson, I think. I think that's probably the extent of his of his capabilities. And he's not the same sort of player as Brazil is anyway, but he's going to get plenty of minutes. And I think he should, especially against a team with such a good front court like Oklahoma. I, I'm telling you, L's close. 
He's really, he's really, really close. Still kind of waiting to on go. Him. Yeah, man, he's just kind of getting comfortable and and getting situated. But he's close to having a twenty four point game, to having an eighteen. He's he's getting to the rack. He's just not finishing. It's it's almost like he's just kind of get starting to settle in because man, his first step. He's the most explosive player out there, or the quickest. Maybe explosive is not the right way word to put it because he doesn't play above the rim. But that he has the quickest first step out there. Uh, he's going to get it going on. I, I got faith. I got faith in L that he, he could be a guy to step up. And I mean, he, he got there were three games he got shut out, <clears throat> and the last couple of the games gave you nine against Duke, which was nice. Three against Furman in only twelve minutes played. And look, I understand Louisville had a bad team last year. He was a consistent scorer for the most part. For the most part, you could count him getting into double digits, but he also was playing like 35, 36, 37 minutes a game. He's not getting that kind of run now because Layden Blocker has become somebody that <laughs> he's, I love Layden Blocker. I mean, we've kind of got into that on Monday. There's just something about the way the kid plays. And he's getting some of L's minutes. He's getting better. He's getting better each time he gets out there. And, and, and so there's a growth there. And, and that's what you want to see. Yeah. I, you know, he's, he's, he's still a baby getting better. Um, and, but as far as is what you've seen out of Landon Blocker, OMG, man, I, I, I like that dude as, as well. Uh, we got a text in. Again, the McClarty Daniel text line is 877-377-6963. Jeremiah Davenport and Jalen Graham need to step up, according to Jeff well, uh, from Fort Smith. And, 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 and Bayfall as well. You know, this, this could be a, a game where you can get 17 minutes, learn, learn, kind of learn, and start getting some trust where then you can come in. And then Makai Mitchell, I think even Chuck brought this up. He played really well last, but he didn't play a lot of minutes, but he was very efficient out there. And, and so he, he can get some minutes as well. Go to the McClarty Daniel hotline. Eduardo the Sherpa is here. Eduardo, I have to apologize to you because a couple of days ago we had somebody call in named Eddie, and I, I didn't see what CNN had written there. It said Eddie in Fort Smith, and I called him Eduardo, and you're really the only one. So my apologies. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. Tis the season, gentlemen. And you know, uh, very optimistic about this uh, ball game coming up. You know, you know, you won't respect Coach Musselman and this basketball team, well, you got to go earn it. And what an opportunity Saturday against a very good Oklahoma team. So, you know, you got to come play. You've got to outplay them. You know, that's one thing I loved about Eddie Sutton. And, uh, you know, Coach Richardson, it didn't matter where they play. They come to play. And so, you know, you want to come a little later and get a little bit more natural respect, but you got to go show it Saturday. We can't have a players, you know, Go to the free throw line and miss them. We can't have players go there and not rebound. We got to have players go there and not shoot the ball well. You know, that's the recipe of winning, and you got to be mentally tough. You know, so that's my message today to this basketball team. And you just watch around the corner, Phil. I'm starting to get pumped. You're in and you're out. We know our baseball hunt train takes a fan base for a ride. You know, so I have no doubt this year we're going for a ride. You know, I don't know how far we're going to go, but I bet you this, we're going to be competing on a high level, and we're going to be, that whistle be blowing on that, that baseball hall train. Let's get to the football hall train quickly as I can. You know, I'm very optimistic. You know, as I said earlier in the year, you know, I'm starting to feel it from my toes to the top of my head. Because what Bobby brings, I tell you what he brings, he brings knowledge, he brings offensive-minded play-calling, and he's on attacking on the perimeter. You can bet that. And so what you don't recruit, he's on recruit speed. And so give him a year or two. Fan base, you ought to be, you know, Christmas has come over in a program. So I don't know how the portal's on to go. It's just started, you know, I heard maybe we're going to pick up a quarterback at Holly Cross here and there. Who knows how it's going to turn down. But you can bet one thing about the recipe. When Bobby Petrino's calling plays, Woo! You can see that Ric Flair woo because, you know, in two years, I say this, we're going to be, in the landscape of college football, we're going to be back up there nine, 11 wins a year. You can bet that. And so, woo, that ought to be something to blow a whistle about. I want to leave a message to Brian. You know, Brian, you man, I've been listening to you this week. Well, you got to give credit. Now, I'll give you this. You did got the, a very, maybe the most impressive win of the year in Tuscaloosa. But I'm going to tell you this. 
Woo, you're facing a different team now, buddy. And let me tell you this. What a story in college football. You know, I was listening to him today. Fourth and 31. And that, that made it. You know, rewrite history, play script right there for Alabama. You know, everybody writing them off. And as I listen to Jalen and Bill Rowe, listen to what the young man said. With everybody counting them out, fine. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember, to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Got basketball tonight at Bud Walton Arena. Arkansas versus Louisiana Tech women's basketball tonight. Brett will be on the call on SEC Plus. I'll have it on the radio. Brett, good afternoon. How you doing? Great, Phil. Yeah, looking forward to a, another game. They they really never stop. They just change sports and change seasons. But we'll be there and be ready to go tonight. Have you been doing volleyball too? I did three volleyballs last weekend around. Two basketballs. So that was my first non-football weekend, and I had five games in four days. So I survived. It was fun, uh, but uh, ready for a little slower pace here during finals week, I think. I think I've heard the terminology, I'll be mellow when I'm dead. That sounds like you these days. <laughs> um, today is actually an historic game at Bud Walton Arena. Michaela Daniels sets the record for games played at Arkansas. This will be the 132nd game that she plays as a Razorback. She started every one of them. And that makes her the all-time leader in games played. If Devo is Mr. Razorback, this is Miss Razorback. I appreciate you doing some prep for us on the TV uh, aspect. We can we can throw a couple graphics up on the screen and talk about that. And you're right; it's been a very similar, comparable career. Not just playing five years or being here, but pretty much starting every single game for Devo and in every single game for. Michaela, and I can't imagine anybody's ever going to come after this and, and surpass it once we get through these, these COVID years. So it's been quite a run for both. Brad, with the, the Final Four coming out uh, for, for college football, and we got our matchups now, uh, I, I got Washington and Alabama. I got Alabama beating Michigan and, and Washington beating Texas. Now, we, we, got all, we got a while to talk about it, but I just wanted to get your, initials, uh, your initial thoughts and who, you, who do you got playing for the national championship? Yeah, right. I'm trying to digest that all myself. I, I think we have four good teams, and it feels like, Matt, in recent years, what we've had is maybe two good teams, a third possibility, and a fourth team that snuck in. That's not the case this year. I mean, I feel like even as Alabama is a number four, they could win a national championship, but that's probably why they're in over Florida State. I don't think the thought was that the Seminoles could, but, uh, you know, Michigan is, is kind of just gone about their business in an uninspiring way over the last month, but they keep winning. Alabama has forced their way in. Washington is better than I thought. I, I picked Oregon last week, and I really felt like the Ducks were going to get them. They did not. And uh, it, it, it creates some fun. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I, and Texas, too. I mean, I, I thought Texas was good, Matt, but I didn't think they were maybe as good as they played this past weekend. But they put the pedal down. They tried to get a few style points, too. And it, it clearly worked out for them. So I don't know. I'd, I'd be inclined to, to pick Michigan to take down Alabama. But I do think that's going to be uh, a crazy good game. But there's not a clear... I mean, is there really a clear-cut favorite in these? In this? I don't know if there is. I don't think so. And every year no. there seems like there is a clear-cut favorite. I don't think there is one right now. No, and, and obviously we talked about it last week, Phil, and I thought your question, I even thought about it after you asked me, what is what is the definition of, of the best team, and how do you how do you break that down in your mind? And I, I think it has to be kind of a combination of resume and eye test. And what Georgia and Michigan had for a bulk of the year was there was no blemishes on their resume, and the eye test followed. 
once you lose a game like Georgia, then you have a blemish, and then we can all kind of poke a hole in, in them. And, and when you get down to this Final Four teams, you know, Michigan again and, and Washington, whether it's Texas or, or Alabama, I think you can make a pretty compelling case for, for all four of those teams. So maybe this is the perfect time to segue to a larger playoff. I'm going to miss this debate, though, Phil. I'm going to miss this conversation. If I was Florida State, I wouldn't miss it. But I, I think anybody else... I just enjoy how much these games mean throughout the course of the year, even September games we're talking about, and even these conference championship games, which I'm not a big fan of, obviously played a huge role in deciding these Final Four teams. Yeah, I like Washington's running back, number seven. We were just, Phil and I were just talking about him. He he runs downhill pretty nice. Washington has some nice pieces, and, and, and that being said, their quarterback's up for the Heisman uh, with, with Bo Nix, Penix, uh, and then you got Daniels and Harrison Jr. going up there. I I, I don't know who who do you think is going to be the better pro out of those four guys? Uh, uh, out of mm. Well, I think Harrison Jr. will be the best pro. Um, I think there's a lot of NFL teams that would have loved to have had him this year. I didn't know if he would get in that mix. You know, I had Ohio State for the first game. We had them at Indiana in Week One, and I said at the time, and and I kind of got scoffed at that. I felt like Harrison Jr. could be a Heisman candidate. And, and it, for a long portion of this year, he didn't have as good of a season as he did last year, and clearly not having C.J. Stroud was part of that. But he found his way back in. I think he's a big-time pro. I'm glad he's getting an opportunity to be at the Heisman. He won't win it, mind you, but I do think he might have the best uh, NFL career of that uh, quartet. Which, what, How many of them did you see in person? Like You saw some of the best teams in college football this year. You saw Michigan, Michigan twice, right? yeah. From Michigan twice, and I saw Daniels early, and I thought he was the most exciting player I saw, and one that you couldn't take your eyes off of. I saw McCarthy a couple of times, and there was a few weeks ago where he was kind of the odds-on favorite, and then Michigan just did not offensively tear it up in the last month, and they didn't have to with their defense. I didn't get to see Knicks or Penix. I saw Caleb Williams. I've seen Penix in person a couple of times before. Knicks was the one I would have loved to have had a chance to see. Um, and... Uh, so it's unusual. Usually I get to this time of the year, I've seen three or four, but I, I just saw two of these these four Heisman uh, guys this season, at least in person. So you guys are doing the Gator Bowl, right? Touchdown Radio? Gator Bowl uh, later this Touchdown month? Touchdown is. I'm not sure if I'm going to get to do it because uh, a lot of my, my, my colleagues are there in Jacksonville. I'm going to do the Texas Bowl for sure with Texas A&M and Oklahoma State, and then hopefully the Gator Bowl maybe too. So um, it'll, it'll be sort of a busy Christmas season, but uh, I'd take more if someone else wants me to go call another bowl game someplace. I'd, I'd hop in because I'm one of the few that, that loves bowl games. You see, Matt, he'll be he'll be mellow when he's dead. <laughs> it's a pretty good gig if you can get it, man. You get to watch some great talent. You do a great job. I get to hear you and Manny uh, a little bit watching the basketball games, and it's always a joy. You know, it's what Phil and I do. You know, it's crazy. We just kind of bounce from one season to the next. And, and I'm, I guarantee you, Phil's already looking ahead to, to Arkansas baseball, and I am too. You're starting to think about February, and that'll be here in the blink of an eye, and we'll kind of just segue from basketball into college baseball or softball, and, and away we go. These seasons continue to overlap, and then it makes for crazy times, doesn't it, Phil, in the Novembers of the years and the, and the Februaries and the Marches? March is craziness. Utter, utter craziness. <laughs> Yeah, I, my dentist asked the other day, "You want to you want to uh, reschedule your six month cleaning?" Like, or what, what what month are we looking at? March. I'll just have dirty teeth. No, <laughs> that would be a no. Uh, Brett, you said Daniels was the most exciting football player you saw this this year. Does he have a little bit of that Johnny Manziel to him? Do, do you think he, his game translates to the next level? It's a great question. I'd kind of be curious to sit down with some NFL guys and take a look at him. I think. His speed is dynamic, and I was surprised how fast he was. Caleb Williams was a guy that I, I think is always faster than he looks because he looks a little squatty at times, and he always seems to run away from people. Daniels has a, a track gate to him, and it's incredible. You know, there's the rushing yards he picked up, and you can't get 200 passing or 300 passing and 200 rushing in a game if you aren't able to put up big-time plays. You're going to get sacked once in a blue moon. You're going to need the 40- and 50-yard runs. He's very capable of doing that, and, and I like his arm, too. Um, you know, sometimes when you start breaking down quarterbacks, uh, it's a little bit above my pay grade on what translates to the NFL, but his skill set seems to, again, have a little bit of Lamar Jackson to him, too, 
and he's the guy that I can compare him to when I saw Lamar one time with Louisville in person. It was dynamic, the combination of speed and arm strength and whatnot. And, and Daniel certainly has the speed, and, and he's put up just eye-popping numbers this year. So I hope the kid gets a chance to be a pro. I know he will. I don't know what, what he'll look like when he gets to the NFL or what situation he will be in with coaches and teams. But, uh, you know, it, it's kind of hard to win the Heisman if he does this week without being able to play the last Saturday when everybody's watching the conference championship games. But his numbers have stood up there while everybody else has kind of taken a hit from one week or another. And, uh, and he's the last guy standing, I think. And, uh, and uh, hopefully he gets a shot at the NFL, not just to play. He will do that, but to, to be a star. Brett, where's Otani going to sign? I think it's the Dodgers because I think he fits. I do too. I think he fits as far as like the um, the iconic international star. I mean, you can even it wasn't international, but Jackie Robinson was. I mean, that was that was one of the biggest things that have that has happened in American history. Truthfully, you look at Fernando, you look at Hideo Nomo. Um, I think he's going to the Dodgers. I think that's that's not why. I think they got all the money in the world and. You know, some of that money's coming off the books. I think he's going to the Dodgers. I do, too. And I think he's got a little bit of old grandma, old lady in him. I think he's very comfortable where he's at. And if the Angels were at least respective, uh, respectable, I think he would probably want to stay there from the comfort standpoint. He's used to that organization. But he can kind of stay in the same market and get a bunch bigger payday and have a chance to win or, or win championships. So I would probably vote with you. I'd take... L.A., but uh, anytime he wants to make his decision, he can. It seems like he might, he might be uh, really kind of struggling with certain aspects of this. The pay won't be one he'll struggle with. He knows he's going to get paid. It's just a question of where he's going to want that fit, and and, uh, and I'm sure the teams want to know if there's any possibility of him pitching the year after next or not, or whether he's strictly going to be a hitter considering you know the four, five, six hundred million dollars they're talking about. Brad, did you watch Kansas State at all this year or last year with uh, A&M getting Colin Klein as their new OC, uh, just w- if, if you got to watch him play? Because I remember Klein, wasn't he a quarterback at Kansas State uh, so many years ago? And a good one. And uh, I guess I'm so old now, I remember calling some of his games when he played at Kansas State and then calling some of the games that he's, he's coached in as well. Um, you, you know, Kansas State is one of those programs that I've enjoyed. Maybe it's because as an Iowa guy, I just appreciate the business-like consistency they're not extremely flashy, but they always seem to have uh, a great deal of success, maybe doing more with less when it comes from a talent standpoint. You shouldn't have to worry about having less talent at A&M, but uh, I think it's kind of a fun hire. I, I think this kid has a chance to be, to be pretty good. So uh, I was intrigued by it, and, uh, and good for him because you know he never did have the professional career that uh, I'm sure he wanted, but he might have a chance to coach for a long time. It, it does start to feel like Elko is a really good fit at A&M, doesn't it? Defensive-oriented, and they haven't looked at a defensive head Colin coach Klein in a long was a time. Tough, he was a tough kid when he was when he was a quarterback, yeah. There's something about, I don't know, There's some, maybe this might be the guy to get A&M to the next level. Jimbo obviously wasn't. Sumlin wasn't. The list kind of goes on and on. A little more substance, not a, a lot, they, maybe Sumlin had more flash, is what you're getting out of Elko. Yeah, I think that's probably. I think that's the case. I, I don't know if Elko is is a uh, is a flashy type of guy, but no one's going to care if he can win ten games consistently and just improve upon eight wins, which they seem to be stuck at for a number of years. So, um, you know, I thought Jimbo was going to have a chance to succeed. It didn't work out. Now that you hear kind of the horror stories that are being leaked out after the fact, it doesn't sound like that was going to work, and that's why they ate seventy seven million dollars and. Uh, Elko will come with a smaller price tag, but maybe he'll come with much more success. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, 
Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. So, Nate, thanks for coming on a day early today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I, I appreciate you guys having me and uh, appreciate you having me the whole year. It's uh, one of the highlights of my week to hop on with you guys. Your show is awesome, and I like being a small part of it and appreciate uh you helping me spread the word about uh, Arkansas high school football. So uh, set set the scene for me right now. Who is already a state champion, and then what do we have tomorrow? Well, we've got uh, we, we had five. So um, in uh, eight man, we had Rector. Uh, in two uh, a, we had uh, um, well, let's see. Uh, in seven, let's start with seven A. In seven A, we had because that's in our in the coverage area. You had uh, um, Fayetteville uh, one, and they're they're undefeated um, state champion uh, the first time ever, uh, and that was that was huge for for Casey Dick and company. Six A, you had uh, Greenwood, uh, another another coverage area team, and a team that we thought would you know win from from the beginning and uh you know they they uh did a good job in, in that game ran the football more than they thought they would um little rock christian was was uh giving them giving them the run so they took it and uh kane archer passed for under 200 yards that ran for 97 and showed uh you know how versatile he can be uh 5a little rock park you uh beat shiloh christian Handily, and that was a game that I thought Shiloh would, uh, you know, would be more competitive in. But you know, I, I've said it on the show a couple times that you know I didn't think the park you would nobody would come within two touchdowns uh, of them, and uh, you know Shiloh played you know as hard as they could. They did a good job coming back against Pine Bluff the week before, but they just weren't any, you know, they weren't. Uh, any match for them, but I, I, I think Parkview is, is a nationally ranked team. I mean, they compare well to the Bryant team, you know, from a few years ago. Uh, their third championship on Austin Ledbetter, who's used to be on the mound at Razorback Stadium uh, often uh, when he was the quarterback. No one touched them, and I think that's kind of how uh, how this has been, you know, with with this Parkview team. So. Um, so yeah, it was it was uh, uh, great, and then uh, for them, and then in in, um, in two A, you had Bigelow beat EPC, and uh, Bigelow in Central Arkansas, or in that Perryville Conway area. Uh, they're coached by a guy that played there and played for his dad, so very special for Luke Starks to to lead them, and they, they they've been a team that has won several titles in other sports and always was good in football, but couldn't win, you know, in the postseason. So kind of got that albatross off his neck. And uh, so it's been, you know, the first weekend was good. Um, but, you know, the Fayetteville-Bentonville game was really the only, well, the, the eight-man game was was overtime. So that was a good game to start off. And then um, you had uh, the Bentonville-Fayetteville game was, was the, most competitive 11 man game kind of a defensive battle but we're hoping for two games on saturday that uh that are pretty competitive so uh which game are we getting to first uh 3a okay, championship well, well, yeah you, you take yeah, it we'll start off I, i'm sorry phil what was that no go ahead i was uh, which game you want to start with uh for tomorrow yeah 3a yeah we'll, we'll start with 3a um first of all you you when you look at the forecast uh, they've been talking about some, you know, lightning in the last couple of years. We've had some 
weird weather. Last year there was a six-hour delay in that 4A game that's in the same time slot. So I think everybody is kind of keeping their eye on it. But the, the, the closer we get to Saturday, um, the more it sounds like that some of that weather could be to the southeast and could be later in the afternoon. So it, it sounds like it's going to rain, but hopefully we can avoid the lightning. Yeah, it's a it's a set for a noon start. Um, we've got uh, uh, Boonville and Prescott, and uh, you know that that's a that could be a really good game. And so hopefully it starts off and and you know continues without interruption. But both teams should be ready for for uh, a wet football. I think, and it, I really think that helps Boonville. Um, the most because they're going to run the football uh, 90% of the time, even though Jace Washburn has the quarterback has, has thrown it more than they have in, in the past, but big old Dax Goff, the, the, you've heard me mention that game numerous or that, that guy numerous times, big linebacker, running back, rugged guy, runs the football well. And Ryland Reed, uh, another uh, running back, they, um, they run it a lot, and if it's a wet, you know, day, could help them. Uh, Pierce Yates is the quarterback for Prescott, and they've got athletes all over the place. Uh, he's a good quarterback, committed to play Kansas State baseball, and uh, so it's a contrast in styles. You've got the the kind of slobber knocker, smash mouth, Boonville style, run it down your throat, and Prescott's going to pass the ball a little more, try to get it in space to some of their they're talented uh, skilled guys, and and both these teams, you know, they their their story tradition. They make regular trips to Little Rock. This could be a really good game. I, I hope the weather is not too much of a factor. Uh, there's not delays because last year, I mean, that was just horrible. When you took it took six hours to complete that game. You know, you had guys down there in the dressing room that were hungry. You know, they big teenage kids. You know, you, you eat a pregame meal like at nine o'clock in the morning, and it's like four. You're still not playing, and they're texting their parents to get them a hamburger, hot dog, or something from the concession stand. So I don't think even if we have a delay, it'll be that long. But but I'm hoping that that all that weather is away from us, and War Memorial is nice and uh, calm. We get a good game in here, and then 4A, you've got Harding Academy versus Rivercrest, and Harding Academy, uh, you know, ruled 3A, won three championships, and uh, then moved to 4A last year, lost to Malvern. I talked to their talented wide receiver, Wyatt Simmons, who's committed to Arkansas. He said that, you know, when you lose, they're not used to losing in a title game. They beat Malvern this year to get to the semifinals. Uh, really tough road for them. Had to win at Elkins, who I think in a lot of years would be a state champion. They were undefeated going to that game. Had to go to Elkins to win. But he said that, Simmons said that um, play, when losing that game, was really key to this year's run because he said it left a, a bad taste in all their mouths. They worked really hard in the off season uh, to get back here, and and they're back facing a Rivercrest team who's very athletic, similar to Prescott. Uh, Kobe, um, Kobe Turner, his uh, older brother Cam, was a really good player for them. Plays multiple positions. That's just what Kobe does too, and can hurt you in a lot of different ways. Lines up in different spots, so. That's going to be a guy they have to uh, keep an eye on. But I just think Harding Academy is they're they're loaded everywhere. Good defense with Simmons leading the way, six three two fifteen linebacker. Um, expect them to, to to win it again. Simmons is a, he's a Razorback commit, right? He is, yeah. And you know, just cut from the same mold you know, as a uh, as Matt's old teammate Jeb Huckabee. You know, he played two years in the NFL. He's now a FCA director, uh, area director, Northwest Arkansas. And, uh, you know, his dad coached Harding, too. So uh, Harding is playing for a national championship berth in Cersei at 11. Then they play, you know, the high school game at 630. So Wyatt's going to be there supporting his dad. But, I mean, cut from that same kind of cloth, you know, Jeb was a soft-spoken you know, guy on the field. You know, he was he was tough and mean, but you know, a, a good a good kid. And Wyatt, you know, I talked to him for about twenty minutes this morning at War Memorial while they were getting ready to warm up, and just you could tell he's just a 
a gem of a kid, you know, gonna, gonna do whatever the coach asks, gonna, gonna give a hundred percent and conduct himself in a good way off the field. He, he said that it bothered him and his dad, the criticism that Pittman went through this year, but they thought, they both thought he handled it well and he never wavered from his commitment. You know, this is a guy that he just thought he was gonna be a division two recruit for his dad and he, put a highlight film together in May and he put it out on Twitter and like within 24 hours, he's got some of the biggest programs in the country offering it. You know, it was like, he couldn't believe it. He's just, uh, you know, he hadn't gotten around to it and he hadn't gone to any camp. So people didn't know him, but he's six three two fifteen. He can move really strong guy, uh, good football IQ as you would, you'd expect from a coach's son. But I mean, I think Arkansas is getting a real good one here. He, he, you you cannot put a price on loyalty and also good conduct. I mean, just being a good citizen. I mean, that you know, there's a lot of good football players, but guys that are going to – he's a typical Arkansas kid that wants to play for the Razorbacks and is going to do everything he can to help them win. And, uh, you know, th- there may not be enough guys on that team like that. Um, and you, you've got a good one there that's eventually going to be a leader of your program. Yeah, Jeb Huck was a was a great teammate. Jeb, Jeb's the type of guy that you want your daughter bringing home to. You know, that's he 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 was yeah. a, he's a good dude. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's I mean, why it reminds me. You know, I've had a little bit of dealings with Jeb. Um, you know, their their situations are eerily similar. You know, growing up on the Harding campus, their dad's coach, and you know, Harding is a you know is a Christian uh, school, and you know the. Those kids, that a lot of them that I've talked to, you know, there's something different about them. And uh, you, that, you like having guys like that in your, on your football team. I mean, you knew that you could look to him. He was a good example. And uh, Matt, and that's, that's how Wyatt is on this Harding Academy team. The guys look to him. Um, he's doing the right thing. And, it, and then eventually, you know, he goes to Arkansas. He gets to be, you know, entrenched in that program. It'll be the same way for him, I think, there. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.